المصائب كما نشكره على النعم ونصلي على رسوله الأكرم بالشرف الأشم والنور الأتم والكتاب المحكم وكمال النبيين والخاتم سيد ولد آدم الذي بشر به عيسى بن مريم ودعا لبعثته إبراهيم عليه السلام حين كان يرفع قواعد بيت الله المحرم فصلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى أتباعه خير الأمم الذين بارك الله بهم كافة الناس العرب منهم والعجم الحمد لله الذي لم يتخذ ولدا ولم يكن له شريك في الملك ولم يكن له ولي من الذل وكبره تكبيرا والحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا والحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبد الله ورسوله أرسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا لا تتخذوا اليهود والنصارى أولياء بعضهم أولياء بعض ومن يتولهم منكم فإنه منهم إن الله لا يهتي القوم الظالمين رب شحل صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله اللهم اجعلنا من الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر آمين يا رب العالمين It's been a long time since I've been back so it's good to be back even though I'm here for a very brief time uh, I'd like to start by making dua for all of you that Allah keeps your family safe and protect you and, pre- and preserve your iman and I ask you to do the same for myself and my family uh, Today's khutbah I'll start by a disclaimer uh, is a complicated subject and the reason I think I chose this topic, even though in the less than half hour that I want to speak with you, there's no way I can do any justice to this topic. And there will be many things that should be discussed that are critical that will be left untouched. Uh, if I want to give you a visual, if you're building a building, it has to have multiple pillars before you put the second floor, right? The foundation has to be there. The pillars have to be there. Maybe we'll put one or two pillars in place, not enough to build on top of, right? So then the question is, why even touch such a topic in a khutbah if it's not going to be complete in such a short amount of time? The reason for that is equally important. And that is that, this is my own observation, you don't have to agree. In, In whatever time I've spent in my life trying to understand the Book of Allah and understand the ahkam of Allah and the wisdom of the Quran, whatever I can grasp of it, one of the things that I've noticed in conversations with Muslims around the world and even here is that there are sometimes subjects that are actually complicated and they have multiple components but the Muslims when they talk about it if imagine this the building needs 10 pillars the Muslims generally they know about one of those pillars and they talk about it as if that is the entire subject and they simplify it and they think that's all look Allah said this in this ayah that's what it means. And that their entire view of what does Islam say about this subject is based on this popular thing that they've heard in one place, not looking at all the other pieces of the picture, right? 
And then what happens with some other extremes is, well, you know, one side of it sounds extreme. So the other, some other group takes some other pillar and says, no, you're wrong. What about this? They hold to another piece and they say, this is the entire picture. And both of these are actually pretty incorrect. We have to take Allah's book, not torn, torn into pieces and one piece here and one piece there. You believe in some parts of the book and you deny other parts of the book. This is something that the people before us did. We can't be doing that, right? So now let me get more specific about what I'm talking about to you today. There's a very famous ayah in Surah Al-Ma'idah and there are many other ayat like it. I recited the Arabic to you and many of you heard it. Those of you who understand the Arabic language heard it in the beginning and may have been even perturbed. What's he going to talk about today? What is is he really going to talk about that ayah? And the ayah says, those of you who believe, don't take, I'll, t I'll do a bad translation first. Those of you who claim to believe, do not take Jews and Christians as friends. They are friends to each other. Okay? And then whoever befriends them among you, then though Allah does not guide the wrongdoing people. So the ayah clearly says we shouldn't be friends with Jews and Christians. And that's and this is Surah Al-Ma'idah, right? And what you should know, if you remember me talking to you about Surah Al-Ma'idah before, it's one of the last surahs given to the Prophet ﷺ. You can think of it as the Qur'an's parting advice, like now the Ummah is going to engage with the rest of the world. And of course, the Christian world was a huge part of the world population. And the Muslims were going to deal, you know, the Jewish population is still very small. But the Christians were you know, expanded through the Roman Empire. So there were multiple ethnicities, expanding continents, right? So the Christian people are a huge, millions and millions and millions of people around the world. And now Allah is saying this about them in the surah. And of course, this is something that you may have heard and you may have seen this kind of this, this ayah or this kind of teaching politicized or used to describe one group versus another group and this kind of thing, right? So I wanted to take a step back, give you a little bit of perspective on this ayah. Uh, again, not covering all of the pieces, but my intention actually is to cover all of these pieces in detail uh, over time. The reason I'm my mind is preoccupied with this subject is right now myself and my team are studying surah number 60 of the Quran, surah al-Mumtahana. And surah al-Mumtahana actually begins with a similar ayah to this one, where Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu la tattakhidu aduwi wa aduwakum awdiya. Uh, those of you who believe, don't take my enemy and your enemy as friends, as friends. So that's, it's a similar, there it says enemy, here it says Jews and Christians. And some, some people have combined these two and say, aha, now I know the enemies of Allah are the Jews and the Christians, right? Another grave mistake. But let's take a little step back again. Let's start with one small similar piece, the word that I translated poorly, friend. Right? So let's dig deep into that word because the Arabic language is very rich and there are lots of different words for friends. So a hamim is a friend, a rafiq is a friend, a sadiq is a friend, a khalil is a friend, a wali is a friend. There are lots of words in Arabic for friends. Qareen is a friend. Right. So in the Quran uses all of these words in different situations to describe friendship of some kind or, or another. Now Allah, we know that the Quran is the precise word of Allah exact word of Allah. So when Allah uses a specific word, then we have to pay attention to that word and not think of it like the other words. In English, when you say friend, it's just one word, right? But in Arabic, because there are so many variations, each one of them is a different flavor. The way I want you to think about that is this is an example, but it'll help you understand this concept. It's a silly example, but I think you'll remember it this way. Imagine there are 
five burgers. They're all burgers. They all have the same beef patty. They all have the same buns. But this one has lettuce and tomatoes. This one's got ketchup. This one's got onions. This one's got extra mustard. This one's got mayonnaise. They're still all burgers, but they have a different flavor, don't they? Right? So in the end, there's something they have in common, but there's something that sets each of them apart. The same way in Arabic, you can have very similar words that translate, look like the same word in English, friend, 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 and friend, but each one of them has a different flavor. And Allah actually employs those different flavors when he teaches us lessons in the Quran. So the word wali, which is the plural, or the plural of which is awliya, which is used in this ayah, is, is one of the words that Allah even uses for himself. Allahu waliyu alladhina amanu. Allahu waliyu alladhina amanu. Allah is the wali of those who believe. Now let's look a little bit deeper into the origin of the word wali. Wali shay is actually used when something comes right after something. So actually, for example, waliya is used for two things. It's used for when in the spring, when the rain comes, and then there's like a 10 minute stop and it starts raining again. So one rain followed right after the other rain. That's actually called a waliya in Arabic. And similarly, um, the, the Arabs, when they used to have a camel or a horse, they don't just, you don't just sit on the camel. You have to put a saddle on the camel. You put a seat on the camel, then you sit on it but the seat can injure the back of the animal. So what they would do it, they would put kind of a cushion on the back and then on top of the cushion, they would put the seat, the saddle, and then they would sit on the saddle. But since it's sitting there for a long, long time, the cushion and the saddle, they press into each other and they become kind of glued to each other. You know, they, it's hard to take them off. It's kind of like Band-Aid, right? It's, it's hard to rip off. Right. So when those the, the waliya, it's stuck to the skin of the animal, the bottom layer. It's stuck to the skin of the animal, and that's when it was called a waliya. Also, that that word was used for two things that stick together. Now, from this came the idea, luzumu uh, luzumu when something is committed or stuck to something else, and. From it, Imam Rahib argues, al waliyu fil al qurb that wali actually has to do with closeness. And now I'm giving you a little, a little more meaning. Of course, friends are close to each other, right? But this is not just talking about friends that are close. They're friends that are what? Stuck to each other. They're like, they're together and through thick and thin, if you know what I mean. There's no gap in between them. They're just with each other all the time. When Allah says that he's the wali of those who believe, that means in good situation, bad situation, in Ramadan, outside of Ramadan, when you're at work, when you're praying, Allah is close to you no matter what. Allah is by your side no matter what. He is your wali. So that's, that closeness is actually described inside the wali. Imam Raghib also goes on to say, Two things that are so close that nothing other than those two are in between. Nothing comes in between them. So when Allah is my wali, then nothing comes between me and Allah. That's actually what that means. I have such a deep connection that nothing comes in between. Now you may have, for example, a relationship with your with your with your um, wife or your you know your best friend or your parents or whoever, but something comes in between, right? Like you want to talk. Your 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 wife says what's wrong, and your fear comes in between. If I if I tell her what's wrong, then there's going to be a bigger wrong. So I better something psychological. There's something in between. When there's nothing in between, you can completely be open with the other person. And by opening up to them, they don't become distant from you. They still stick with you. Then they become your wali. That's a pretty strong word. 
This is not just describing any kind of friendship. This is describing a very small, very specific kind of allegiance and unity between people, right? This, the, and that, so that word should not be taken lightly. This was used to describe extreme closeness physically. It's also used to describe extreme closeness by lineage. Because of course, if you, you know, back in the day, who were the closest people to you? The people from your tribe, right? You stick with your tribe. And that's how you can tell your loyalty. Nowadays in the modern world, you can tell citizenship by your passport. You can tell citizenship by your legal status. Back in the day when you walked into a village, the only citizenship you have is which tribe do you belong to? That's who you stick with. If you go to some other tribe, you have zero protection. So your own tribe are your awliya because you're stuck with them, right? They'll protect you. Now, and this is then, it's also used in the sense of people that are together and committed with each other and on, on the same page when it comes to their religion. And from it comes the idea, people that help each other and people that are uh, you know, friendly or sincere towards each other and people that share the same kinds of beliefs, right? So that's wali. Now, this idea, this, this notion of being very, very close friends and aligned with each other, from this word comes another phrase in the Arabic language, waliul amr. And waliul amr is used for someone who's in charge of something. Okay, so the, the, the wali of the house is the person who is in charge of the house. Okay, and you know, the, the wali of the girl, for example, in marriage is the one who's in charge of getting her married, right? You're the wali of your, your children because you are responsible for what you know what you should do with them. And so you become the waliul amr, right? Uh, or the mutawalli also, it's also called the mutawalli, the one who takes responsibility of something. Similarly, when somebody's responsible for something, the Quran, for example, talks about somebody who was responsible for spreading a lie and says, kibrahu, the one who takes responsibility for most of it. Right? So it's taking responsibility for someone. Now, why? What does responsibility have to do with closeness? Basically, think of it this way. When you're driving the car and everybody's a passenger in the car, when you turn, everybody turns. They're stuck to you. When you make a decision, it impacts everybody who's stuck to you. You go this way, they go this way. You go this way, they go this way. You understand? So your, your direction becomes unison. You can't sway from it. This is the phrase that Allah used in the Quran multiple times to say, tell Muslims, don't become wali of other than believers. Don't become a wali to other than believers. And in Surah Al-Ma'idah, because the Muslims were expanding into the Roman Empire, actually, so the Muslims were going to come into a lot of contact with Christian people. And already towards the end of the Sira, there were multiple uh, battles and multiple political and military conflicts with Jewish tribes in Medina. So the Muslims have already been in a few years. There's been a few wars between the Muslims and the Jewish tribes, right? So Allah says, make sure that you, you can... Don't become so closely aligned that when they turn, you turn. When they go, you go. When they have a problem, you have a problem. Don't become like that with those people. They may have aligned agendas with each other. They don't have those aligned agendas with you. Now, somebody might hear that and say, Islam is so intolerant. Islam doesn't, you know, we shouldn't be together. We shouldn't be together as one. But when people are, people have wilaya in everything in life. You can have your favorite sports team in, uh, you know, when I 
traveled in Europe, we can't talk about basketball much, but there's, if you're a Manchester United fan, then don't talk about another team, right? If you're a Mavericks fan, which I don't know why, must be a lot of tawakkul, but if you're a Mavericks fan, then don't talk about the Lakers, don't talk about anybody else. There's team loyalties, right? And those loyalties can become so strong and crazy that people can even go into riots when their team loses, right? There are, there are uh, Pakistanis here when they're watching a cricket match, especially a cricket match against the, the Indian team. There's a lot of dua and like uh, extra nawafil and I don't know what's going on, <laughs> you know. And people are passing out sweets if one of the other team wins, like a child was born, right? Because there's an idea of loyalty. I affiliate with these people, right? So you find it in sports. You find it in American politics. If somebody's left wing and somebody's right wing, it's like they're two different countries now, aren't they? If somebody has a particular kind of worldview, a liberal world worldview as opposed to a conservative worldview, a red pill worldview as opposed to a blue pill worldview, you can find them having almost animosity towards each other because of this one thing, this ideological difference. You might have in Muslim families, you might have you know, uh, uh, family members that align with one political party and the other aligns with the other political party. Right. And you, you might find them having a real conflict with each other. So this happens in every part of life. And Allah is telling us something very profound. He's not giving in individual instruction here. You'll notice that in Surah Al-Ma'idah, there's so social instruction. And this is actually what I wanted to highlight in this ayah. Allah says, don't be so closely aligned with people of other faith that you stick with them so much that when it's Christmas, you're sticking with them in the Christmas holidays. And when they're fasting for Easter, you're hanging out with them in part, you know, and if there, there's a there's a ritual going on in the church, you're like, I'll come along with you. And your children are not getting used to their religious practices and their way of doing things. Or you're with them at the office party or you're with them at this, you know, at their birthday party and you're with them at the, you know, the pool party and they're drinking beer and they're doing whatever else. And that's becoming normal for you more and more. It's haram for you, but it's okay. You're around it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Over time, what happens is your sense of connection to your own values starts becoming weaker. And you start becoming, that becomes more normal for you. Look, it's not shocking. There are people that live in the United States, Muslims that live in the United States, not for two centuries, for 20 years, that have Christmas trees in their homes every, every December. That's, it's not shocking. It's, it's a, that's a reality. It's not some imaginary thing. It's a reality. Why, where did that come from? And why did they feel the need to do that? Like they're not showing it to somebody else. It's just that when you develop those kinds of connections without any other filters and you stick and you stick and you stick over time, your own values start becoming weaker and you start adopting the values of other people. Right. This is in sociological terms. This is actually these ayat are about assimilation. I'd like you as a homework assignment, high school students here, college students know what assimilation is, but the rest of you should learn a little bit about cultural, social, political assimilation into societies. There are some societies that don't want you to assimilate. And I wanted to kind of balance this picture. Again, this is just one pillar. There are lots of pillars, right? And if you say that you should never take them as friends, or you should, and one of the meanings of wali also is someone who takes responsibility for you, right? So you should never let them be responsible for you. But that's not always the case. That's simply not always the case. Rasulullah was in Mecca, and one of his biggest protection and one of his biggest wilaya came from Abu Talib. That's just a fact. 
there were the earliest Muslims, we call them as Sabiqun as Sabiqun, the earliest Muslims, right? The, the first and the foremost, many of them migrated to Habasha. And Habasha was a Christian kingdom. And they found protection and friendship in a Christian kingdom, right? So that's another pillar that we have to discuss. But that pillar doesn't erase this pillar. They, they both exist. They're not one or the other. They exist at the same time. And that's the problem that I want to bring to your attention. There are ideas that at face value look like they are contradictory ideas. But actually the Quran gives us a balanced picture. In these circumstances, you cannot be in these, these things. You cannot be on the same page with other people. You simply can't. This surah I told you, uh, it's a small quiz. I don't want you to speak because it's the khutbah. This is from Surah Al-Ma'idah. Yeah? Don't take them as awliya. This is the same surah that Allah says that, you know, He says the, the food of those who were given the book before you is permissible for you and your food is permissible for them. What in the world? So the, this is not, I'm not going to give you a khutbah about whether you can go to McDonald's and have a chicken sandwich. <clears throat> That's not going to happen. But what I will tell you is this. Allah could have just said, you could eat their food. But he didn't stop there. He said, you could eat their food and they could eat your food. Why did he say they could eat your food? I don't care what they eat. I only care about what I eat, what I put in my mouth. What do I care about what they put in their mouth? This is Allah telling us, if they invite you to their homes, go. And you should also invite them to your homes. So that ayah is not in some other place in the Quran. It's in the same surah. And the same surah is saying, don't take the Yahud and the Nasara as awliya. But when you invite somebody to your home, then you are definitely being friends with them. Absolutely. There's no way that you're not being friends with them. When you're going to their home to eat break bread with them, that's an act of friendship. And then sometimes those relationships form and they get deeper. And eventually, what does Allah say in the same ayat? You can even marry good family women from among them. That's in these ayat. Again, the technicalities of that is not what I'm discussing here. I want to discuss the balanced picture to give you an idea of how Allah, Allah talks about this subject. As I conclude this khutbah, one thing that I want to bring to your attention is something from the world of psychology that we need to be aware of in understanding this topic holistically. And that is, I'll give you the sports analogy. Uh, you know, if, for example, there's a, there's a team that is winning the championship and they have one player, that player, it's because of him. He's the star player. Like he's Michael Jordan, right? He's the guy that gets, he, he's, the, he's the clutch player. He wins them every single match. And he's the reason they win championship after championship after championship. And then what comes out is the day before the finals game, some scandal comes out. He's accused of assault. He's accused of, you know, beating his child. He's accused of some drug charge or something else, right? And there's some lawsuit going on with him. Now his fans have a problem. We should really condemn his actions, but can we do that after the championship game? Because if we, if we say kick him off the team now and he can no longer play, we're not going to get the cup, right? But then if we, so we have to decide what's more valuable to us, the team loyalty or are we okay with this crime? Or then some people will say, no, 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 I have a solution. You know, these are probably false allegations because they want us to lose the championship. I don't want to believe it. I don't believe it. I love this guy too much. 
his three-point shot is way too good for him to ever beat his child. So you make this connection in your because you don't you don't want to live with the reality that's that your team, the people that you had Wilaya to, could do something wrong. You don't want to accept that reality. On the other hand, this, this is one extreme, and let's talk about Islam now. It could be that the Muslims, we figured out, we did this, we did this right. The kuffar don't know this, and they don't know this, and we have these values, and we were so awesome, and they're so horrible, and you become blind to all the terrible things Muslims are also doing. And Muslims are doing some pretty terrible things, but you don't want to accept that your, your team has a problem. Right? You don't want to accept that. So let's talk when we talk about our history, let's talk about Salah al-Din. Right? Let's talk about Salah al-Din. Let's talk about Umar bin al-Khattab. That's Islamic history. But when there's a Muslim ruler who massacres his own population or bombs the neighboring Muslim country or starves his own people or robs his own nation, oh, that's, that's not Islamic history. That's Western propaganda. You know, that's not that's not Islam. So we don't want to own our own problems. You understand? So that's a problem with wilaya. That's a that's a because then our wilaya is to people, but it's not to actual values. On the other extreme, there's another wilaya problem. Well, but that problem is, oh my God, Muslims are so messed up. I know I'm Muslim, but man, these people they have beards and they pray and stuff, but they cheat you in business. They lie. They're this way. They're this way. They're so horrible to women. They're so this. They they're they're so backwards. They're so you know, dirty, they're so chaotic and, you know, look at how they are. And then what happens is now when you go to your non-Muslim friends, you're like, wow, they're so clean. They're so nice. I know they drink alcohol. I know they go to the club every Friday night, but this is the nicest person you'll ever meet in your life. I know that they do drugs. I know, but seriously though, they're better than so many Muslims that I know. They're so much nicer. So you know what you're doing now? You're saying, yeah, this stuff is bad, but it's not that bad because now slowly your allegiance is pulling off from here and you are going this way and you're sticking to somebody else and you don't you want to blind yourself to the bad and say it's not that bad. It's okay. I can switch teams slowly. Right? And you're slowly aligning yourself the other way. And when you look at your own people, all you see is the bad in them. You can only see the bad in them. So there's two extremes. Either you only see the good in your people. Or you only see the bad in your people. <laughs> Those are the two extremes. Now, what does Allah Azza wa Jal give us? And I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this. Uh, Allah Azza wa Jal says, Ya yuhalladhina amanu, la tattakhidu aba'akum wa ikhwanakum awliya. This is wild. There Allah said, don't take the Jews and Christians as awliya. Now Allah says, listen to Surah Tawbah. He says, don't take your fathers and your brothers as awliya. If they prefer disbelief over belief. Now your loyalties are not to blood. They are not to religion. Your loyalties are actually to values. It could be a Muslim who likes things from kufr more than they like things from Iman and they I cannot I can be kind to them, I can be good to them, but I won't be their wali. I will not be stuck with them. So when they go towards kufr, I go towards kufr with them. If they go do the wrong thing, I just quietly endorse it. I can't do that. In kufra al-iman. And whoever still still aligns themselves with them, sticks with them, then those are the people that are doing wrong. Those are the wrongdoers. 
It's not just the people that do wrong that are zalimun. It's the people that align themselves silently with them and go along with them. They're also the zalimun. They're also the ones that are doing wrong. This is a powerful, powerful subject in our deen. Who do you align yourself with? Who do you disconnect from on, on the basis of principles? And even connecting and disconnecting has nothing to do with loving and hating someone. And this is the last thing I'll share with you. Does this mean that we must hate those who don't believe? Or those who don't have our values? We must hate them. Well, Abu Talib, clearly a kafir. Clearly. Multiple times tried to invite him to Islam. Even though he supported the Prophet ﷺ, denied Allah. And he loves his nephew, but he doesn't love his nephew as the messenger of Allah. Right? He loves him as his nephew. He loves him as Muhammad. He does not love him as Muhammad, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Just go for off his risala. Yeah? So would it be wrong for, for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa to love him? Because it's his, he's kafir. How can you love a kafir? Allah says, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ When he passed away, the Prophet was told, you cannot guide whoever you have loved. Allah didn't question the fact that he loved him. Allah just said, it's not up to you to guide him. Allah did not prohibit loving those who don't believe. He didn't stop that from, he didn't even stop that for his messenger, sallallahu alayhi You understand? Allah didn't tell Ibrahim alayhi not to love his father. He didn't tell him that. That's a separate subject. So what happened, the reason I wanted to give you this khutbah is, we hear one thing, don't take them as friends, which is again a bad translation. Then we turn this, this into, we must hate them. Or we turn this into, this is too extreme. Or we, turn, we, we take that one pillar, we don't look at the rest of the building and say, hey, there's a much bigger picture here before you form judgment. There's so much more. And we oversimplify this stuff. Those of you that are interested in getting a, a little bit more comprehensive view on the subject of al-wala' wal-bara', this is what it's called in the Arabic language, the subject, al-wala' wal-bara'. It's a really nice article. It's about 35 pages. It's in Arabic. Hopefully, inshallah, I'll have some of my students translate it and put it up also and make a PDF out of it. But it's in Arabic. Um, uh, if you Google al-wala' wal-bara', Sheikh Hatim al-Awni, Hatim al-Awni, you'll find uh, the article. It might be of benefit to you, those of you who understand the Arabic language. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikri al-Hakim. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazina astafa khususan ala afdalihim wa khatam al-nabiyyin Muhammadin al-Amin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in qala Allahu azza wa jal fi kitabihi al-kareem ba'da anakula a'udhu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim inna allaha wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala al-nabiyya ya ayuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Allahumma salli ala muhammadin wa ala ali muhammad kama sallayka ala ibrahim wa ala ali ibrahim fil alamin innaka habibun majid Allahumma barik ala muhammadin wa ala ali muhammad kama barakta ala ibrahim wa ala ali ibrahim fil alamin innaka habibun majid ibadallah rahimakumullah ittaqullah inna allaha ya'muru bil 'adli wal ihsan wa ita'i dhil qurba wa yanha 'anil fahsha'i wal munkar wa dhikrullahi akbar wallahu ya'lamu ma tasna'un aqimis salah inna salata kanat 'ala al-mu'minina kitaban mawquta Allah <laughs> <laughs>
استقيموا يرحمكم الله الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين يا أيها الذين آمنوا لا تتخذوا عدوي وعدوكم أولياء تلقون إليهم بالمودة وقد كفروا بما جاءكم من الحق يخرجون الرسول وإياكم وإياكم أن تؤمنوا بالله ربكم إن كنتم خرجتم جهادا في سبيلي وابتغاء مرضاتي تسرون إليهم بالمودة وأنا أعلم بما أخفيتم وما أعلنتم ومن وَمَنْ يَفْعَلْهُ مِنْكُمْ فَقَدْ ضَلَّ سَوَاءَ السَّبِيلِ إِنْ يَثْقَفُوكُمْ يَكُونُوا لَكُمْ أَعْدَاءً وَيَبْسُطُوا إِلَيْكُمْ أَيْدِيَهُمْ وَأَلْسِنَتَهُمْ بِالسُّوءِ وَوَدُّوا لَوْ تَكْفُرُونَ الله أكبر Sami'allahu liman hamidah Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر الله أكبر سميع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر
الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله